absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to yet another episode of Leave the Pin In Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I've got my co-host here with me, the man who will definitely fight you if you do not concede him a putt. Scotto, what's the good word? Yeah, I don't care if it's inside the leather, outside the leather. Uh, if there's a putt to be conceded, uh, I deserve it. Well, we had a little bit of con- let's let's hey let's get into it, right? Sergio's a jerk. We we had Matt Kuchar and Sergio going at it at uh, Austin Country Club, right? The WGC Match Play Championships, Pete Dye course there. And our man Sergio is just a stickler for poor play. Cooch doesn't concede him a putt right away. He misses it. He figures Cooch is going to give it to him. He doesn't. He kind of like does this weird off balance, I'm not really trying type thing. You know what? Like you see amateurs do on the weekends. So Mm -hmm. they have an excuse if they miss. And he misses, loses the hole. And starts like right away berating and cursing Kucher as if it's Kucher's fault that he missed it. Well, and this is just more of Sergio being kind of self destructive and doing something that I guess he thought wasn't that big of a deal, but it turns out it cost him a hole. And then I don't understand how. He thought Kucher was just going to concede the next hole and just kind of walk away. I, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking there. <clears throat> okay, that was the best response. Sergio was like, well, he should have just given me the next hole. Like, on the tee, are you going to be like, hey, Cooch, listen, I know you're going to give me that one, so let's just just give me this one, dude. Like, hit one left or hit one OB or let me just win this hole. Like, who does that? Yeah, and, and again, Sergio just blaming someone else for his bad behavior um, you know, like the little kid that he seems to to want to be, even though he's a, a middle-aged man, you know, with millions of dollars who, you know, plays a sport professionally for his life. I mean, come on, Sergio. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> what a moron. Part of me wonders, at what age is Sergio going to just put that stuff all on the back burner? Or is he going to be like a 50, 60-year-old dude playing the Champions Tour, getting pissed, burying his putter head into greens and cursing at rules officials and berating players and tournament officials. Right. Like it, it was cute when he was, you know, 19 kind of jumping up hills to check out where shots ended up. You know, that kind of exuberance was cool, but now it's just, it's just getting old. Yeah. He's like, he's like the one guy on tour. I really can't stand. I mean, like I actually dislike him a great deal. There was um, a Callaway event about a month ago, and what Callaway did is instead of inviting people in the golf industry, they invited all these golf influencers, right? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube guys. And Eric Anders Lang's dog went and snapped at Sergio's hand, almost bit him. And uh, when I saw the video, I just wished I could go back in time and actually direct the dog to bite Sergio's hand. <laughs> right, that's how much I dislike him. Yeah, I, yeah. 
it, it, it just getting tired. Yeah. Like just just play golf, you know, be you know friendly with the fans, and if you don't want to do that, just hit your shot and move on. Yeah. And it, There's plenty of guys who do that. It, it sucks because he's playing cooch, and like I don't like I don't like cooch much either. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> if you don't take care of caddies, then I'm definitely not on your side. And cooch seems like a moron too. So it's like the the you got to pick the lesser of two evils. Like, would you rather die by cyanide poisoning or like smoke inhalation? Yeah, I think I saw somebody had it might have been on PGA memes. Um, they had a uh, a graphic, you know, a, a drawing that was uh, Sergio and El Tucan basically saying, "Don't worry, us and El Chapo will get him in the parking lot." <laughs> Yeah, I saw that one. Funny enough that you mentioned it. We're actually going to do an interview with PJ Memes, and he used my old Twitter account. Well, I still have it. I still use it a little bit. Angry Golf Hulk in one of his memes. I don't know if you saw that, Scotto. So I did see that. Part of me was like, that looks like the Angry Golf Hulk Hulk. And then part of me was like, nah, it couldn't be. It turns out it was. It turns out it was. But you know what? After I, you know, contacted him, he said, he said, dude, uh, you know, I just Googled it. I saw the image. It was dope. I used it. He's like, but I got you the, I got you with that artwork credit. So that was pretty cool. And then we got to talking a little bit, and he said he'd be down for an interview. So I think that would be a hilarious one because he is a very quick-witted and someone that's in the same humorous vein as you and I. Yes, I, I find his uh, his memes very amusing. Um, I did notice, by the way, he did give you credit. So, in case you were wondering, it's on there. Yeah, holler at your boy. Hey, listen, we got a finally got a, a tournament with a good trophy this week. I love the WGC trophies that that awesome awesome that awesome Wedgewood. Um, those four trophies. What do you think about those? I like them. They kind of look like old like Greek pottery. Yeah. Um, which I, I really I, I think they're nice. I mean. Compared to some of the other stuff, you know, I think they're really cool because it's different. It's not trophy. It's not a metal trophy. It's not crystal. It's kind of its own thing, and they go together. So I think that's pretty cool. So you know, uh, good job, you uh, World Golf Championship. Yeah, they look like. Um, I mean, they definitely look like they'd form an awesome set together. You know, what I mean, if you win all four of them, or if you were able to win all four over the course of a. Uh, a career, you know. Yeah, and I, I don't. I, does Tiger have all four? Oh yeah, he had all four at once. Okay. At one yeah. Point. Well, good. Good for him. Dude, I, I was. You can't ask anything and say, "Did Tiger <laughs> fill in the blank?" The answer is well, yes. you know what? Like, did yeah, Tiger true. have thirty-five women at once? What? Why would you ask that? Yes. Did Tiger get so bored of the chase that he tried to recruit women from Perkins? Yes. Did Tiger win all four majors at once? Yes. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking it was only because they've changed venues. Like, does it still count? Like, right. you know, like oh. he didn't he didn't win in Mexico, right. but no, it, he's got yeah. like seven wins at Doral. Well, yeah, so. it all still counts. That's the one problem the PGA Tour has is with this labeling system. You know, the match play used to be at Dove Mountain. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Pol- I, Polter. I like the one year. I like the one year that it snowed. I think that was the the first year Kuchar won, um, and uh, or the year Kuchar won. Um, not, I don't know if he's winning now, um, but yeah, that that year that it snowed, I thought was really cool because 
they were out there in the middle of Arizona playing in you know winter hats. Yeah, that was, that was dope as anything. <laughs> you know, and they were making snow angels and uh, having snowball fights. That was cool. And, yeah. and look at this. We got a WGC, the FedEx St. Jude. And now all of a sudden, you know, 15 years of history is a race and everything's called the FedEx St. Jude now. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's get to some tournament notes. So we got Bubba, Bubba, sorry, Bubba as our defending champ. And, uh, well, he's not going to defend. But looky, looky, Killer Kiz, who made it to the match play finals last year and uh, got smoked by Bubba, actually, is back again this year in the match play finals and winning currently right now over Cooch. Yeah, and, and from what I heard, he, he seemed like he maybe learned some lessons from last year um, and was carrying them forward to this year. So that, you know, does definitely explain, you know, quality play so far this this tournament. Yeah. Um, and, you know, right now he's he's two up, so... You know, he, he's got a pretty good shot. Dude, he's a, he's a boss, Kisner. I mean, he just goes out and gets it done, and he's a grinder. And, uh, you know, it's funny because we always talk about, and even on, like, on this show, too, we always talk about how the Bombers are the next wave of golf. But, but in 10, 15 years, I don't think we're going to see those Bombers still out on tour because the amount of torque that they're putting on their backs, you know? Like, look at Cam Champ. He's injured already. Yep. Well, look at Tiger. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was he was the epitome of, you know, long drives back in the day. Um, especially when you have guys that really have that X factor in their swing where that creates a lot of torque that don't have, like, a long, fluid, supple swing, you know? So I, I, right. I think, like, those guys aren't going to last. So it's, it's just awesome in a week like this seeing – Kisner go out and do his thing and just, hey, I'm going to pipe it out 285, 290, which is long as hell in the real world, but on the torts, you know, it's nothing. Yeah. And uh, and I'm going to give what the course, I'm going to take what the course gives me. Simple as that. Yeah, his game is perfect for match play, too, because, you know, he, he hits greens. Yep. And he's a great putter. Yep. And when he misses greens, he's great chipping around the greens. Amen. So, you know, that's the kind of guy who, if you're playing him in a match play match and he's making every putt, uh, it, it gets frustrating after a while. And it makes sense, you yeah. know, two finals in a row. So. Or even a dude, like, you play match play. You and I have played match play before, not just against each mm-hmm. other, but against other people. I know you play that in the club championship. And you play a guy that's always throwing pars down, and then you feel like, oh, my God, I've got to press so hard to make a birdie. And then look, that's where mistakes come in when you try to start pressing. Yeah, well, last last year's club championship, I was up three at the turn, and the guy made two crazy bombs on ten and eleven, and uh, it's very demoralizing. You know, when when guys are hitting forty foot putts for par, <laughs> it's and just like, well, what do I have to do? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so the match of the week and what everyone was talking about, and even, you know, I was down south this week at the web.com tour event, even down there, everyone was like, hey, look, I don't know how many people are going to show up to this event because Tiger and Rory tee off at 930 in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> I was at a, a demo day at the range and all the equipment reps were watching it on their phones. 
Yeah, I mean, it literally captivated the golf world. Um, now, before it, okay, be honest, before it, who did you have winning? Uh, Rory. Damn, Scott. <laughs> you went against my boy. That's my boy, too, but the way Rory's been playing. Yeah, how could you not, right? Yeah. I'm going to go on record and say I always chose Tiger, which I have a little problem with always choosing either Tiger or Ian Poulter. And it usually works hmm. out on the Tiger side because during his you know phenomenal run there, he was winning tournaments at like a clip of 26%. But the Poulter pick usually always kind of backfires on me. Uh, usually for three rounds, you look pretty smart. It's that, that final round that <laughs> he kind of tends to lose it. Yeah, that's the truth. But, yeah, Tiger Rory was a great match. Tiger wins that. Uh, two and one. Actually was winning a lot more, but Rory's I was going to say, big, big shout-out to Rory for clawing his way back in that one because he really didn't look like he had anything going. Yeah. And he eventually kind of came back a little bit, and Tiger finished the job. But, you know, good job, Rory. Now, again, to make stories out of nothing, all you heard on Twitter – and in the golf universe was that Rory ignores the media and he doesn't want to talk after the loss and he storms off. Uh, if you have a bad day at work, Scott, and someone wants to talk to you about work, you want to talk to that person? No. <laughs> and the, But the media hates to be spurned. Yes. Um, and they weren't going to accept Rory not wanting to talk, so that's all that was out there. Um and in the end, you know what? Let the guy go home. Yeah. You, the, and these days, you know, the media and the players, they're, they have each other's numbers. Like, some of these guys, if you have a question for Rory, just shoot him a text. Just be like, hey, sorry to bother you. Right. But... Well, look, let's, let's ask us, since we are golf media. The official now. Officially golf media. I actually have a pass that shows it. Um, I'm going to tell you what, if the WGC match play gave us media credentials, like the web.com did, shout out to them, if they gave it to us and we went down there and we were expecting a Rory interview and someone comes in and says, Hey everyone, Rory's not coming into an interview. I would be like, all right, cool. I'm out. I'm going to go walk the course or get something to eat. I could care less. Yeah. Like I'd just be like, well, is there someone else we can talk to? Yeah. I mean, who else is available? Let's let's talk to him. Right, it, it's it's not a big deal because, guess what? If you were a good media individual, a good member of the press, let's say, you would know what happened in the match anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what are you going to ask them? Like, you know, what was it like out there playing against Tiger? I mean, they've played I think fourteen rounds together in competitive play. Right. How did it feel to lose yeah. today? I mean. It sucks. You like the, that's the thing. You already know the answers. Like media does not ask good questions. You know, I'm priding ourselves on the fact that when we interview people, we have actually good questions. Questions that people are like, oh, huh. You know what? That's a cool question. I'm going to answer that because it's not, hey, um, how is your golf game going? Right. Exactly. And what were they going to ask him about? You know. The crowds, which he had already commented on, right. playing against Tiger, which uh, it, it's awesome. It's Tiger Woods. I mean, even though you're Rory McIlroy, it's still Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Right, right. Yeah. So what are they really going to ask him? 
yeah there's there's you know what how does this affect your you know your chances going into augusta i think what's he gonna say i think this was a ploy (laughs) by rory to stop talking to the media and so he can exclusively talk to his new BFF, Carson Daly, on Golf Pass and put out all of his thoughts and information on that. Rory's probably, uh, he, Rory's probably thinking, why would I talk to the media for free when I can get these poor schleps to pay nine ninety nine a month to buy Golf Pass from me? I'll tell them. That, that is definitely possible. The man's a marketing genius. And in all honesty, if he's given up his time, you know, other than, you know, like majors and things like that, where it is kind of expected, you know what? I, I get it. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with him skipping one, you know, one every once in a while because he is always so good with the media and always just gives so much information. So I'm cool with it. And the other thing is, you know what? It's Texas. It was a long week because they started on Wednesday. Yep. Let the guy go home. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to go home. Let him, get, Let him go. Hey, let him get ready for the Masters, you know, because if he goes off and wins the Masters, you're not going to worry about him missing one press conference. Right. All right. I'll tell you what I like, Scott. Now, I've played golf in Texas, okay? And when you hear about players from Texas, you always hear about them being great wind players being able to flight the ball low. And I remember when I went down there, the first day that I played, it wasn't too bad. And I was like, huh, I wonder what all this wind people are talking about in Texas. And then the next day, I played a course they called The Rock. I played with a real Texan. His name was Blue. I didn't believe him when he met me on the first tee. He says, hey, boy, I'm Blue. And I said, uh... Okay, I said, and your name? He said, blue, like the color. Fair enough. And this man literally schooled me in 18 holes over how to play the wind, how to play these knockdown shots, because it blows out there sometimes. And I was psyched to see the wind really pick up yesterday uh, at the match playing and give these players a little bit of... um, adversity while they were playing same thing with this morning being super cold out there yeah um going and going off on that just the, i really like the way this course looks visually on tv stunning. yes uh it just it's just really cool some of the elevation changes on the holes the the rocks on you know different sides of different fairways and things like that um I, I, I'm really, really a fan of this course. Well, one thing you notice with these Pete Dye courses is that visually most of them are eye candy. You know, for the amateur, these courses are extremely difficult because he plays with your mind. Fairways look thinner than they are. Then you get out there, you turn around, you're like, oh, my God, I had a 100-yard-wide fairway to hit. But he's making you hit through a shoot of trees. Or he's bending it just enough and putting a big flash face bunker out there, that's all you see. You know, that becomes the focal point. So whenever you see mm-hmm. the Pete Dye courses, I mean, they photograph well. Like, if you ever look at, like, those golf calendars, you know, it's always a bunch of Pete Dye courses, and you're right. I agree with you 100%. It's absolutely great-looking course this week. Uh, and going back, because not that it is actually our book club book, but 
the uh, that Tom Doak book, Anatomy of a Golf Course. He definitely um, does throw some shout outs to Pete Dye's design style. Um, the, I'm rereading it in the chapter I read yesterday. He was talking about how, you know, Pete Dye's courses fit into a lot of the the things that make golf courses great. Gotcha. That's very, very cool. It's nice to see people within the uh, golf community build each other up. And the one we, so, and you and I played Pound Ridge, which is the Pete Dye course here in New York. Correct. It's his only New York design. Um, and that course, I think, definitely fits the the die style. And actually, this course reminds me a little bit of that with all the rocks and things like that. Yeah, uh, that Pound Ridge course. It's funny you mention that. I found the pictures for that the other day as I was just going through some pics mm. on my computer. And that is a Pete Dye course on a very small piece of property. Yes. You know, a lot of the Pete Dye courses, they're on big expanses of land. Like, you know, you think of the stadium course. I mean, there's just so much room out there. You think of Austin Country Club. There's so much room. Pound Ridge is like a postage stamp compared to the rest of his courses as far as acreage goes. Yep. All right, so I got to ask you this, Scott. Um, I know you and I are probably the two biggest Tiger fans in the world. He misses the four-footer and loses to Lucas Beregard. Um are, are you concerned about his short putting at this age an age where most golfers tend to start to you know get off with their sight a little bit and that's kind of becomes the first thing that goes is those short putts he also missed a three footer three holes before that as well you know what yes and no yes because uh, you know, it, it is it is a concern. That's apparently one of the first things to go is that the feel on short putts and things like that. Um, but he had played thirty plus holes at that point. Right. So it's not like it's not like a normal tournament where he's got to just grind for eighteen. That was a long day yesterday. Yeah, that's it's a long day. It's a long day for a forty three year old. I mean. I I hit probably like 100 balls yesterday, and my back's killing me today. All right, so quick you know. quick question. <laughs> eight, eight, 72nd hole of the Masters. Everyone's tied at 15 under. Tiger has a birdie putt of that length on 18. Does he miss it? No. Hell no. Hell no. Not a, not, not a chance. Not a chance. First of all... <laughs> He he he's one of the best green rememberers there is. Oh, and that is a course where that is just so important. Exactly. So I, I feel like that it's different than a, a course he hasn't played since I think it was twenty thirteen was the last time he played the match play. Yeah. I yep, you're right. You are correct. So, you know, so and how often was he playing there at Austin Country Club? Right. Um, because it, it moved there recently so i'm not worried yeah look if if that's the case for a major or something like that i think you can bet the the house the wife the you know the kids the car everything that he's not gonna miss it i don't think he allows himself to miss it i'm gonna go back i'm gonna reiterate i say it all the time i just don't think tiger truly cares about these tournaments i think he says yeah this loss is going to really haunt me for the next few days no it's not He's got four tournaments he worries about now. 
from now till he retires indefinitely, he's got four tournaments. That's it. Yeah, he's, you know, I think he's he's trying to keep up appearances about playing yes. in, you know, some tournaments. This is guaranteed FedEx Cup points. Mm-hmm. It's a guaranteed paycheck, which, I mean, he doesn't really care about that. I, but Again, I agree. It's guaranteed, you know, official go- world golf ranking points. So, yeah, he's going to go play courses that, you know, he thinks are fun or tournaments where he can guarantee himself some points. Right, right. And then the four majors. Could not agree more. There's nothing that matters but those. All yeah, right. I mean, he'll play. He'll obviously play Memorial because, you know, oh, respect for Jack. Jack's tournament. I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, all yeah. those. And look, yeah. if he happens to be in contention and he's within a stroke or two, yeah, he's going to grind. I'm not saying he's not going to grind. It's in his nature. But to say that, He's going to be upset for four or five days because of this missed putt in, in the quarterfinals of the match of the 2019 match play. Like it's ridiculous when you look at the body of his career and what he's done. That body of work. Yeah, I, I think he goes home and he's like, you know what? I beat Rory. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, you know what, that, dude? That's the thing. You know how in football there's always that letdown game. Like the underdog, the underdog comes back, and it, or a college rivalry week, right? Penn State mm-hmm. gets up for Ohio State, you know, Florida, Florida State, any of these matchups, Iowa, Iowa State, and then they win, and they come back the next week against a team that they should probably beat, and then they lose because they put all their momentum and all their adrenaline and, and, and all the planning and preparation for the game the week before. It was the same thing. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. That's what was hyped. Yeah, yeah, you think Tiger Woods was, you know, all hyped to play Lucas Beargard? No. Uh, you know, it's the other way around. Yeah. And, and, and hey, and good on Lucas for the win. Phenomenal job, you know, but, you know, you beat Tiger in match play. It's cool. It's whatever. It is what it is. Look at Tiger's Ryder Cup record and ask me if that, ca- you know, if that counts in 10, 15 years. No one's going to remember it. Not at all. All right, now that I've got you on the side of the USGA, right, and we've got people in the USGA – they love us, we love them, and, 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 and we're turning your black heart hatred of the USGA into a little bit of love. It, Te- tell me... It's completely turned around, by the 100%, way. 100%, 180. Tell me now how the PGA Tour pissed you off this week. Um, so, uh, as per usual, there's always hyperbole surrounding the PGA Tour players and what happens out on the course. Um, I don't necessarily give the PGA Tour that much blame for this, but they definitely promoted it a little bit. Can, can I interrupt so, you real quick? Absolutely. Okay, uh, let me ask you that. I'm going to interview you right now real quick. Scott, do you think the USGA actually has someone behind the scenes trying to find these little pieces that look specifically for these? The PGA Tour? Yes. Definitely. They are they're monitoring social media, the internet, whatever they can to find this stuff. I want to meet that person. Hmm. And then I want to have you fight that person in a pay-per-view event. Uh, yeah, I, I'm good. Um, yeah, I start training now. <laughs> um, so, so here's here's the story. So there was apparently someone who had been heckling Bubba Watson for a few holes. And Bubba hits a drive 
turns around and says, you don't seem so tough now. I turn around, you turn around. Like, I'm not, like, you're not even looking. And that was it. And so was there any other confrontation? Uh, not really. And it wasn't a Justin Thomas, like, get this guy out of here. No, okay. no, no. I think the guy was able to stay. Um, I don't even think there, it went much beyond that. You know, Bubba stared in the guy's direction and turned around and walked toward his ball. Hmm. However, if you were to read the story online, Bubba, and I quote, put a heckler in his grave. Wow, that's like some world star hip hop line. Yeah. Um, so I and I, I've seen this on YouTube videos and other things before. I feel like we have like this culture where anyone who has a different opinion to someone else and they voice that opinion, the other person is then destroyed. <laughs> you got owned. Yeah. Watch Bubba Watson destroy a heckler. And, and Bubba was probably like, hey, dude, why aren't you saying anything now? I turned around. You're not looking at me. What's good? That, that was probably it was, it was definitely aggressive. Like, Ted Scott probably got some, like, tremors from flashbacks and things like that. <laughs> but it's not like Bubba went up to the guy at the ropes and, like, hands were exchanged. Like, there was... Bubba stayed in the tee box, in between the tee markers, and said something to a guy who was probably 40 feet away. Right. I wonder if the guy said anything clever. Like, I'm cool. See, if I was a, if I was a tour pro and someone was heckling me, but their, their material was clever, I'd laugh along. But if someone's heckling me and yelling, like, Ripper Magoo or Bubba Booey, like, that's beyond played out. You're just a lemming out there. You have no sense of individuality. Mm. You know what, uh, going on along that note, and I hadn't even really thought about it until you started shouting out all the crazy things that people at tour events shout out. Right. I haven't heard anyone scream mashed potatoes in a while. Uh, unfortunately, I have. Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. It's it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It, that one doesn't make any sense to me no, at all. Of course not. It's it's. Look, people are morons. That's the bottom line. That's true. Uh, tell me, tell me about Joe Lacava. I didn't see this, Scott. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was flying back. I have no idea. So. <laughs> A guy, and listen, public service announcement. If you're going to attend a golf tournament, right, and you're going to bring your phone, and you're going to take pictures of players mid-swing, do everyone a favor. Put your phone on silent. That should go without saying. So, Tiger's on, I think he was on a tee. There's a guy standing on the other side of the ropes, where he should be, pretty much next to where Joey LaCava is, just obviously on the outside of the ropes. Snaps a picture of Tiger mid-swing. LaCava turns, grabs his hat, and throws it on the ground. That's incredible. That's now, a story the, that I like. That is someone getting destroyed. Yes, that guy got destroyed. Now, that's as far as it went, because the guy, I think, realized... 
oops, that was stupid, and apologized. What did Tiger do? He probably cracked up. I I do think he maybe didn't even notice it until later. Ah. Um, so, because he didn't seem to react to it. I always wonder if it was it wasn't on silent and only Joey heard it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the guy was so. heckling Joey. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the video of it's actually, uh, I thought it was going to be worse than it was, but he just takes the guy's hat off, and the guy kind of puts his hands up like, oh, sorry. Right, I'm going to have to look for that. that that's something I'm going to have to to watch. Um, so, that, hey, there, there, there you go. There's WGC uh, and, match play week, right? And, and good on Joey for standing up for, for his guy right there. Oh, I mean, you, get, you have to. I, that's your job. He... he yeah, I mean, again, you know, he he stuck it out with Tiger while he was, you know, rehabbing and getting himself well. And you know what? He's, you know, he's a loyal guy. So, yeah, go, go Joey. And he's being rewarded for it, you know? Yep. All right. So, look, the WGC is not over as of this recording. And you'll probably all listen to this either tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Kisner 1. So, Kevin Kisner's the winner. Uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be right. Um, so I'm just predicting I'll, the future I'll, right now. I'll agree, and it looks like Molinari is going to be the uh, the third place. Okay, which looks like he he's three up right now in the that match on 16. Third place in so. this is like catching the bouquet at a at a wedding. Like it means absolutely yes. nothing. I, I mean, there's probably a decent payday in his future. Oh yeah, but again. It's Molinari, so I don't think it really matters. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Money ain't a thing, right? Not for these guys, no. no. Not at all. All right, so, Scott, I do want to promote something that people haven't listened to it yet, and I'm going to tell you, a lot of people have listened to it by the numbers and looking at the analytics. But when I was down at the Web.com Tour Savannah Championship, I got a chance to spend some time with Dan Urban, who caddies for Steve Wheatcroft, and Mike Creed, who caddies for Michael Budicavelli. And we did a caddy interview, and it's on the pod right now. It's posted. It is phenomenal. I mean, I don't want to give too much away. You've listened to it. Tell me what you thought. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, it, it literally sounds like it was with just you in someone's backyard sitting around and recording a conversation that you had with these two guys who have all this inside knowledge about what goes on on the web.com tour. Right, and that's what it should be, you know, right? It should be just hanging out with friends and talking golf, which is literally what you and I do. Yeah. Now, I'm going to assume that unlike CBS, you did not pipe in the bird noises. No, that that that's was, what's crazy. Uh, it sounds so good, and also the wind chimes. And, uh, yep. and Ron Monaco, big shout-out to my man Ron, who I know – is going to listen to this because I showed him how to subscribe on iTunes, who hosted us all week. Um, he was worried that the wind chimes were going to be too loud. And then in the end, it turned out being awesome. Yeah, no, the whole the whole like setting of it was just really cool. And I have some wind chimes outside. Maybe I'll bring them in for uh, future podcasts. <laughs> yeah, the vibe was just dope as hell. Um, so definitely check that out, the web.com tour caddy interview with Dan Urban and Mike Creed. And I do want to give a big shout-out to Mike Creed. His guy made his first cut. So this is Mike's first cut uh, ever on the web tour. Finished tied for 30th. Oh, nice. Guy finished 7-under. 
So, uh, you know, making a little cash, getting a little money there, and just more and more opportunities. They're in next week in Alabama, uh, both of them. So Steve Wheatcroft and Michael Budicavelli will be there. And if you happen to be in Alabama and you see Steve Wheatcroft or Michael Budicavelli, go up and talk to their caddies. Tell them about leaving the pin in. Right at one point, Stevie Wheatcroft putted with the pin in, and hey, guess what, man? You putt with the pin in. Leave it in, baby. You know? Did did he point over at you and say, that was for you, Dan? He didn't, but I did take a picture of him and put it on Twitter. Mm. Um, and Dan liked that a lot. Yeah, it's very good, very good marketing there. Stevie Wheatcroft leaving the pin in. Um, and that's a and that's a guy who's been out on the big tour, yeah. who's trying to fight his way back. Yeah, eight years out you on know, tour. Yeah, I mean that's a he's a he's a vet. You know he's he's got a lot of experience. So you know hopefully they can you know make a make a run at something, maybe get back there. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Dan McCarthy actually ends up winning the Savannah Golf Championship. Uh, he was born in Syracuse, New York. How about that, Scotto? All right. Got to represent the Empire State. Yeah, he's been been a pro since 2007. That's a long time. And current world ranking is at 928th in the world, so that's definitely going to go up. Yep. That's cool, too. You want to see people who have been you know, struggling to get that first big break get that big break. Right. So, good for him. Yeah, no, no, no. It was very, very cool. Uh, we had a great time down there, and, and, and I think later this week, Scott, you and I will do a pod, kind of a, a Q&A, an interview about the whole entire trip. If you want to look at pictures, check it out on Twitter, at leave underscore the underscore pin. Uh, follow along like PGA Memes did today, and you can see all of our kind of visuals that we talk about here on the show. Uh, this Punta Cana Resort Championship, you care about it? I don't care about it at all, other than to say Graham McDowell won. It's nice to see GMAC back in the winner's circle, right? Not, yeah, not now, worrying so much about Nona Blue down south, but, but worrying about his golf a little bit. Right. Now, I just I, this is an opposite field event. Does this get him into the Masters? No, I don't believe so. I didn't think so. No, I thought, no. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's not it, Because like the PGA Tour runs him. But the PGA Tour is like, hey, look, dude, we're just doing this so we can give you guys some more money. Uh, we really don't care about this. It's not real. Right. Did you see all the withdrawals this week at this at this event? Uh, no, I really paid no attention to it until today there was like, when I saw that Graham McDowell had won. There was like three or four that withdrew before the first round. David Duval withdrew as well because of back problems. I just... Here's here's the problem, and and I and this only pisses me off now. I'm gonna go right now into what pissed me off this week. This only pisses me off go. now because I got such in-depth inside the ropes access down in Savannah. Um, I know what these guys go through. You know, you sit down and you spend two straight days with with these two awesome caddies, and they let you into their lives, and and they explain to you the way guys think and the way certain things happen and literally how you could be sitting around waiting for a phone call to get into an event that the phone may or may not ring and you won't know. And there's been times where they've been waiting around on a putting green to see if their guy's going to get into a tournament and he doesn't get in. 
But then you have guys that are in, and they go off, and they play two, three holes, and they're like, oh, hey, you know what? My back hurts. I'm not going to play anymore. Like, how do you not know your back didn't hurt before that? Right. Yeah. That That's something that just bothers me really more so now after meeting these two because I want nothing more than these guys to succeed and their players to succeed. And this is so common when there's opposite field events or the tour goes overseas, like especially on the web tour, and guys are like, hey, you know what? I might play this unless I Monday qualify for something else, you know? And unless you're one of these top 125 guys on the PGA Tour or you got 100% full status, top 50 on the web, you live in this weird state of limbo where some weeks you might get in, some weeks you're definitely in, some weeks you might get in if A, B, and C happens. It's really a crazy lifestyle. Yes, I I can't imagine not knowing, like, uh, am I at least going to even have a chance to get a paycheck this week? Right. And I'm going to tell you what, regardless, regardless if they got paid the week before or if they didn't, they go out and just do their job. You know, like they grind Mm -hmm. as hard as the players. And I walked the course with them and I charted holes with them and talked about wind direction and where the pin was and what they think their players should hit and what score their players should make on the hole and and, and the way that it would vary between – um, if they were one off the cut line or one inside the cut line, like all these different scenarios, they go in week in, week out, regardless if they got paid or not, and kind of put their nose to the grindstone and, and just get after it. And it's extremely commendable. I know for myself, someone being as anal as myself that plans, like I could not do that. Hmm. Yeah, no, I hear you. That me too. That's that's what I'm saying. Like. Unless I know I'm getting a paycheck, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to go and put in, you know, two full days of work to chart out this course and, you know, pick lines off the tee and, you know, try and figure out these greens. Yes. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, it was uh, beyond enlightening seeing what they do and, and how things are done and, um, you know, looking at their yardage books and seeing how each caddy down there does yardage books differently and some do greens and some don't do greens and some do greens by feel and some do greens by, you know, uh, theoretical analysis and, and all mm-hmm. this. It, it's, it's cool to see how people approach the same end point in different ways. Yeah. I almost wonder how much of that is, you know, I know my player likes, the you know book to be written up this way they're going to do the greens themselves so i don't need to worry about any of that but i want to have a you know at least a feel for it in case they do call me in for a putt oh yeah it's, uh, yeah it's interesting yeah and even just following like i followed dan's group with steve wheatcroft and tag writings and uh oh gosh i can't remember the other guy's name apologies but i followed their group and the interactions between caddies and players the two days was completely different from every caddy and player, you know, Mm -hmm. some like their caddies to talk. Some don't, some never call their caddies in for putts. Some do. Some want to consult on every shot. Some don't, you know? 
So you've got to be a lot of different things to the player. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more when we eventually do it. I have a, a lot of questions about kind of how the, the dynamic out there works. Yeah, without a doubt. I've got a lot of answers because I'm telling you, they gave me inside the ropes access and held nothing back, you know, from, from the good, the bad, and the ugly side of it. Um, and actually, we're going we're gonna to have them on. They're going to give us like every two-week updates. They're really into it. They're, they're down with it, big friends of the pod. And it's a nice way to kind of keep up with the web tour because it's not in the forefront like the PGA Tour is. But what's even more important is hearing it from the people that live it day in and day out. Exactly. You know, like it's cool for us, for you and I as big golf fans, to sit here and pontificate about it. But it's a different thing to hear a dude that was helping read a putt that was worth, you know, 125 grand. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you think about like, some of these other shows where like take you behind the scenes of, of different things like prisons and things like that, you know, that's a world that, you know, really only two people know what's going on inside the ropes and that player caddy conversation thing to have one of those people, you know, come in and tell us like, this is the way it really is out here. That that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Because you and I talk all the time and I know we love PGA tour live and we love the way that they, have those caddy interactions, but even that is only a small part of what goes into it. Because you're just seeing a snapshot. You're not seeing the pre, the post, and everything in between. You're seeing what they want you to see, too. Right. So here, we're giving you it completely unfiltered. We're giving you it warts and all, if you will. That's uh, the best way to do it, I think. There you go. There you go. All right, what else we got this week? Scott, anything? No, I think that's pretty much it. I want to give... Um, oh, you know what? Go. Hold on. Um, I don't know if you've been following along, but I was looking at... Um, it was either GolfDigest.com or GolfWorld.com. Right. They're doing a, a GOAT, like, theoretical you know, tournament. They took, I think it's 32 of the, the best players ever, and they're kind of wrote up these fantasy matches, like how they thought it would go. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty pretty interesting read. They're up to the final four right now. Um, so, I mean, the the people who are they're picking for the final four are very predictable. It's Tiger and Jack and Palmer and Sam Snead. What are, but, what are they basing this on? Uh, just how they feel the matches would go. That's stupid. It, 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 it is. It doesn't take into account technology or anything like that. No, not really. Because there's but good, the, what, there's good players now that you gave him Jack's technology. Oh yeah, he can't even hit the club face. You put Tiger back in the day, and he still destroys. I think that they're kind of like ignoring technology, okay. and they're just kind of saying like, "This is how it would go if these two played." Um, I don't like clickbait. Here's a better match it, play. Fair enough. Goat versus goat. You take whoever you think a goat is, and then you put it up against an actual animal. Tiger versus an actual tiger. Jack versus an actual bear. Right? Arnold are versus they, an actual king back in the day. Are they playing golf or are they just... Whatever you want. Doesn't matter. So it could be like Shaq versus yes. and just they can do whatever. Yes. A Gary Player versus an actual black knight of medieval times. 
In like a jousting match. No, no. In 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 who can talk about themselves more? Ooh. Ah. Okay. Right? Greg Norman versus a great white shark in a eating contest. Hmm. That's cool. Hmm. Everything else is yeah. just stuff for sports people to argue about. Oh, absolutely. I want to see good stuff. You know, Tim Heron, Tim Lumpy Heron versus an actual fat, lumpy, blue Heron. That'd be an interesting whatever. Yeah, the Heron would poke his eyes out. He's done. <laughs> oh, definitely. I got, I, I got a million of these. I... John Daly versus a sumo wrestler. In, in sumo wrestling. In whatever. Okay. Could be could be that... chopstick using contest. Mm, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like you name it. All right. Sergio, Let, let's... Sergio versus a kid going through his terrible twos. Let's like pitch this out to some networks yeah. and see where it goes. In a screaming contest, who wins? Sergio or a two year old? Hmm. Hmm. Right? Matt Kuchar versus a couponer. Who's cheaper? <laughs> extreme, extreme cheapness ta- challenge. Yeah, ex- extreme be... couponing. This is a great idea, and you can do it in everything. Um, cool. Hey, listen, I gotta take a run for two seconds. Yep. Keep talking. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, so I'll go even further and say we could we should have cage death matches. Simple as that. Uh. You could go through history and you could have like Sam Sneed with a wooden stick versus yeah, versus uh, Cameron Champ, but in Cameron Champ's current state with a bad back. Who wins? I say Sam Sneed. He he beats him like a little whippersnapper, like get off my lawn, kid. You could do this with with any two golfers across different generations, and this would work. Simple as that. You could have DJ versus a jet ski. Or, or the Austin brothers tag-teaming against a flight of stairs. Uh, I'm back, and the stairs win every time in that Every one. time. The stairs don't even need a tag-team partner. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's more than one stair, I guess technically they have. It's a handicap match. <laughs> one plank from a stair. Versus the Austin brothers. I mean, uh, the Johnson brothers. Sorry. I knew who you meant. <laughs> yeah, I meant Austin Johnson and, and Dustin Johnson. My bad, my bad. All right, should we wrap it up, Scotto? Yeah, I think it's, by the way, possible that Kevin Kisner has actually wrapped up the match play because they're interviewing him now. Yeah, I told you. I can see the future. So, yep, good. three and two. Good for Kiz. Hey, listen. Um, and Molinari won four and two. Oh, good. Let's give a plug to some of our good people out in golf. Uh, FadeGolfAndStuff.com is a company that you should definitely be in on the ground floor with. You can find them on Instagram at FadeGolfN. That's the letter N. FadeGolfAndStuff on Instagram. And then FadeGolfAndStuff.com online. Scott, they make this Georgia wedge tee, which is a green or a yellow t-shirt. Now, I've seen the material. I've seen the shirts. I've tried them on. Dan had a ton of them down in Savannah. The shirt is so simplistic, 
It has the Fade Golf logo, which is awesome looking in this great cursive. And then it has three wedge lofts on the shirt. It says like 52 degrees, 56 mm-hmm. degrees, 60 degrees across the chest. How brilliant for a yeah. golf nerd is that? I, I was checking out because they I have I carry a, a 50, a 54, and a 58, and they have a shirt. Yes. With those lofts on it, and I was seriously considering picking that up. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's phenomenal. I'm definitely going to be purchasing some stuff in the near future. So that's FadeGolfAndStuff.com, and uh, trust me when I say this: by the time summer hits, I think you're going to see them have a big presence on the Web.com tour because I know a lot of guys are clamoring for that. And if you see it there, you know it's going to kind of bleed its way upwards to the PGA tour. And also, we want to thank our man. Dan at Train on Main, 427 Main Street, Stroudsburg. If you're in the Northeast PA area and you're looking to get in shape, you're looking for a personal trainer, or maybe you're just looking for a little bit more flexibility in your golf game, go see Dan at Train on Main. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on the Internet or wherever you kind of consume social media. So are we good, Scato? Yeah, actually, I was going to throw a little plug in for my buddy. Scott Ward, he's a, a club fitter out in Connecticut. Um, he's one of the Golf Digest Top 100 club fitters. Uh, he had a, a little demo day yesterday, and he let me play with whatever I wanted and a track man for like two hours. So that was pretty awesome. Hey, Scott Ward, so, the newest friend of the pod. Uh, I don't really uh, foresee him not promoting it because I told him all about it. He was going to listen to it, and <laughs> before I even left, he came back to the bay, and he's like, this is pretty good, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm going to tell people. I was like, okay, cool. Say, hell, so, hell yeah, you are. Hey, listen, uh, maybe maybe he wants to come on, maybe do a little, uh, you know, interviewing, and I think if people are in Connecticut, they should definitely kind of look into him to uh, to get fitted. Yeah, Connecticut, New York, um, even parts of Massachusetts, not that far of a ride. Yeah, very cool, very cool, very cool. Hey, also, while while we're at it, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to Joey Tilton, who is the assistant pro at the Landings Deer Creek Golf Course down in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, an awesome dude. I had the opportunity to talk with him for a little bit um while there was a fog delay for the second round of the savannah championships on the web.com tour and just got along great just an awesome dude really dedicated to his craft and to his job and just wish him nothing but success so that's joey tilton down in savannah georgia all right scott yeah cool we're good i'm good all right people so either get busy golfing or get busy dying